Hello everyone, welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So, I want to talk really fast about a couple of things. Um, this is going to be, if you're not into politics at all, and you get triggered by them pretty easily, then I would suggest not listening to this podcast at all. I suggest that you go ahead and turn it off and whatnot, because I'm going to be talking about abortion, and I'm going to be talking about the impeachment of Donald Trump by the House of Representatives. <clears throat> so first and foremost, I'm also, going to be, uh, I'm also going to be ranting about the Democratic Party on here, and primarily the Democratic Party, um, because I believe this is a uh, biblical issue as much as this is, uh, well, political issue, obviously. So here you go. A lot of people have been talking. We're talking a while back ago about abortion and about how it's a woman's right to choose and everything. And it distru disturbed me greatly to listen to pro-abortion people. Now I understood from the atheists who were talking about it and whatnot. And okay, you know they have a little. I would I wouldn't like to say excuse, but. They don't accept God's preference about how human life is, and they rather prefer to believe that they mostly go for the idea of saying that life is only intrinsically, it has no intrinsic value, but it has value as long as we give it value. And so I was listening to that, and I, was, I wasn't happy about it. Um, sorry about this one. So, I was, when I heard them talking about how a life is only uh, worth whatever we kind of give it to you, um, whatever, that's an atheist position. But what got me, and this is what I'm going to call out on this show, and I know a lot of you are going to get uncomfortable about this. I know a lot of Christians are on the Democrat Party side, but I'm going to call this out. There are a lot of Christians from different denominations, or supposed Christians from a bunch of different denominations, who have been talking about how abortion is fine, they're not happy about it, but they still stand by the Democratic Party when it talks about abortion. And the first thing I think is, why on God's green earth are you standing with abortion and defending abortion? Why are you standing with a political party whose ideology is clearly not Christian? It's clearly based on genocide, because that's what abortion is. You're mass killing babies out of the womb. This is unbiblical, ungodly. It is satanic in all aspects of it. And you stand with them. How on earth does a Christian stand with the Democratic Party on any type of way when they're doing this crime. And they're not just doing it quietly and something of their hump, they're doing it, um, I don't think there's any way of really doing it correctly ever. But when someone stands up and says, well, you know, it's not good, but you know, it's, it's healthcare and we'd rather have them doing this. And, and they acknowledge it's a bad thing, but there's not really anything you can do. But other Christians who are, I should say, 
quote-unquote Christians who call themselves that object uh, stand up and say, yeah, absolutely, we should have this. You know, it's, it's you know, women's health care and whatnot. How can any Christian stand with the Democratic Party and the areas of abortion? When the Bible has so many things against it. I'm going to read a few passages here from the King James Version. So bear with me. But like Exodus 21, chapter 21, verse 22 verse uh, through 23. If men strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follows, he shall be surely punished according to the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as a, the judgment determined. And if any mischief follows, then thou shalt give life for life. And look over at Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. Take heed that ye de despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, that in heaven their angels do not always behold the faces of my Father which is in heaven. And there's plenty other Psalms uh, 193, 13 through 16. There's Psalms 2, uh, chapter 22, verse 9 through 10. There's Isaiah chapter 14, 44, verse 2. And here's one I really like. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee in the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jerusalem, whom I have chosen. Jerusalem. I think I'm butchering that word. But the Bible clearly points that abortion is wrong, that killing a baby in the womb is absolutely wrong and completely evil. God is saying this. And yet I don't understand how any Christian can stand with the Democratic Party on this. To vote Democrats in office knowing full well that they are for abortions and they are for killing babies. That's like standing with Adolf Hitler as a Christian and going, well, you know, I'm a diehard um, socialist because that's what Adolf Hitler was. He was a socialist and you guys can argue that till the moon comes home, but he declared himself a socialist regardless of whatever those other people say. I can stand with the uh, National Workers uh, Socialist Party in Germany which is the Nazi party. That's what Nazi stands for. And yeah, Adolf Hitler's not a great guy and he kills some Jews. But you know what? I'm all for because of climate change. So let me understand this correctly. You want to stand with a terrible organization, a terrible political ideology that's murdering millions, but you stand with them because of something else. I, like I said, I don't understand how any kind of Christian can sign up for the Democratic Party when they know full well that abortion is going on and is murdering people. And yes, these are murdering people because babies are human beings. I love when I turn on CNN and I listen to the debate that was happening. I can't believe there was even a debate over this. It just sickened me so much. Was, you know, what's in the mother's womb is not a human being. You know what? They did the same thing in Nazi Germany. I point that a lot because progressivism was exactly what the Nazis called themselves, progressives. That's changed anything. <laughs> Everyone kind of here calls them conservatives. Oh, uh, you know, Adolf Hitler was a conservative. No, he wasn't. He publicly came out as a progressive socialist. He said it straight up. He was a progressive socialist, that he was an enemy of the capitalistic system. 
He was never conservative. Ever once. Now, you may want to, as a society, change the idea of what a conservative is so it fits the, so it makes you feel better about joining a socialist movement. Oh, yeah, well, if we change what socialism is, you know, or at least the definition of it, then socialism is a good thing. Uh huh. It killed 100 million people in the last century. Please again explain to me how socialism that you're painting up to fit a different, to fit something else works out. But, anyways, I digress. I look at this and go, you're siding with a political party which is hell-bent on killing babies in the womb. I don't know any Christian who is a true Christian, who is a true biblical Christian, who loves Jesus in their heart, that can side with a political party as evil as the Democratic Party. And I call them evil because they are performing acts of absolute evil and sitting before the court of law that God has put down that we have that our whole justice system is, pre is premised off of God's character and say that abortion is perfectly fine, that killing God's children in the womb is perfectly acceptable. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, we, we you know, it's it's women's health. Horse crud, it's women's health. You're killing, a, you're killing a woman in the womb. Don't try to sugarcoat it. That's why I really appreciate when Dennis Prager, Prager University, and others that they call uh, radicals and... and of just horrible, horrible names on YouTube and online, calling them you know these terrible things, and oh, they're fascists, and yet they're the ones in the courtroom defending the children that the Lord has created, defending God's law. Heck, if you're a Christian, you should be jumping on the bandwagon of this and going, Dennis Prager, let's support this conservative movement, let's support this. They're actually on the right side of God's law. Because they're they're blind, they're not as telling God to side on their side. They're taking their side and signing it with God. <laughs> so yeah, I don't understand that. I just think it's the devil sneaking in and trying to convince a lot of people who call themselves Christian to kill babies. Let me tell you this: if you are if you are advocating for the death of babies in the womb, the murdering of them, you're not a Christian. You don't stand with a Christian ideology. You got, you got something else going on because you are not a Christian person. You may preach that you are a Christian. You may stand and talk about Jesus Christ and boast with your lips, but your actions, according to your political ideology and political uh, voting, shows that God is far from your heart. You may good do you may do good deeds, but you're not a Christian. Anyone can do a good deed. Atheist, Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, you name it, they all can do good deeds. And it doesn't mean that they know Jesus Christ nor they're going to go to heaven. It doesn't mean that they're uh, saved by Jesus Christ. It just means that they are pretty decent people. According to our standards, not God's. So I, I'm calling this out because it needs to be called out for what it is. Don't sign with the Democratic Party at all until they switch their opinion about abortion and stop killing babies in the womb. If Democrats aren't doing that, then kudos to them. If they aren't going to kill more babies in the womb, okay, I can have my issues with the Democratic Party all I want. And I can have my opinions about them, but at least on the biblical side, you know, I can't see they're doing anything biblically wrong, at least on that in that particular criteria. Here's the second issue of this I have with the Democratic Party. Is the impeachment of President Donald John Trump. Here's the problem I have. You now when I say this, a lot of people we all listen can be happy, angry, indifferent, whatever it is. You guys can be that way. That's fine. I'm not gonna tell you you can't. Everyone has their own belief systems, everyone has their opinions when it comes down to voting for a politician. 
But what point I'm pointing out here is that there was a major issue that has taken place within the Democratic Party when it comes down to um, this hearing. I'm just typing this up really fast on my computer so I can just pull it right up here. The problem is, when I, when I was watching the Democratic Party going on their impeachment trial, and the whole impeachment really started before he was even elected in office. Before he had been sworn into office, um, certain Democrats from certain other districts were bringing up articles of impeachment. I'm going, you've got to be, you got to be stupid here. You're trying to impeach a man from office who hasn't even gotten into office yet. And it, it just, I was just shaking my head going, it's like trying to kick someone out of the house before they even purchase the house. It's like, well, we're going to, we're going to file a legal suit to get someone moved to force them to move out of their house. And it's like, they haven't even paid for the house yet, dude. They haven't moved. They haven't done anything. They simply were the highest bidder, but they haven't purchased the house entirely yet at all. So the Democrats have been doing this for a while. And first, it was a Mueller report that came out talking about Russian interference in the election. And I'm going to say again, this is the most, I'm going to be very unpopular with quite a few people. I, I presume in my mind, I'm going to be very unpopular for saying this. But the Mueller investigation showed, after two years of doing it, and tons of people going on, on social media and the mainstream media and telling about how it was absolute proof that Donald Trump, without a shadow of doubt, had colluded with Russia, came out and said that no, Trump ain't, um, no campaign or administrator from Donald Trump, you know, none of his campaign people had colluded with Russia to win the 2016 election. There's not enough evidence for an obstruction of justice. So that was a shot in the face. The Democrats then came forward after a while after just causing a bunch of turmoil. And first they had the Kavanaugh here, but that's a different story altogether. And I, I'll talk about that another time. Then they came forward and talked about a phone call between President Don, uh, Donald Trump and the Ukrainian Prime Minister. And they said how, oh my goodness, such terrible things had happened and Donald Trump had done something truly horrible and we need to have this person, blah, blah, just attacked and all this sorts of stuff. And, you know, we need to have him forcibly removed and impeachment must happen because this, and it was all because a supposed whistleblower came forward. I say supposed because to this exact moment I'm talking to you, we don't even know who the whistleblower is. No whistleblower has come forward. They didn't have him in the House House hearings. They didn't have anything happen. They simply said, um, Adam Schiff and Democrats came out and said, well, we know that uh, whistleblower came forward. And then when Dem Republicans, who I really appreciate, came out and said, well, who is this whistleblower? Adam Schiff, oh, no, no, we can't talk about him. His, his family's in danger. He's in danger. And he has security clearance. We, 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 no, we can't talk to him. So let me say this correctly. You're fighting tooth the nail to stop the only person next to the ambassador who was the only one who actually witnessed and was actually like needed to be there from showing up. Because everyone else was simply hearsay. Like one of them was simply the first person that came out and said, this person told this person who told this person who told this person, which I heard this person and this person and this person said this about this. The person Trump did this. I'm like, that's what you call a game of telephone. I'm going, that's that's nothing in the court of law. You can't do a game of telephone. 
You don't. You can't even go to court with this ever. And yet they're going. This is a credible witness, and these are incredible witnesses. I'm going. If this is your standard of incredible witnesses, you're in deep, deep trouble, because that's not a witness. And the reason I bring up all these is because they're bringing people who are giving opinions or bearing false witness against Donald Trump. Now, why do I say this is a bad thing? Well, look over into Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. This is where the Ten Commandments are. And it says in the NIV version, because I love this one the most, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. In Matthew 19, 11, which one, the man asked, Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Luke 3.14, the same, some, and then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? Do we take, do not take the money by force or false accusation, he said. Be content with your wages. This is, <laughs> this is crazy. Exodus chapter 23, verse 1, you shall not spread a false report, CNN, all those other people. Do not join the wicked by being a malicious witness. These are biblical things in the Democratic Party. Well, the reason I have such a major freaking problem with them is because they're bearing false witness against him. These are allegations that saying this is what he did. He did obstruction. He did a quid pro quo. And the only the ambassador came forward and said, no quid pro quo. Said. He did not order me. The reason I stand and I look at the ambassador the most is because he was the one who received direct orders from President Trump. I'm like, great. Finally, instead of having people who just give their opinions, who weren't actually witnesses to what happened, and again, everyone has an opinion. Some people think Barack Obama did a good job. Some people think he did a terrible job. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. It doesn't mean he violated the law. It doesn't mean... It, none of that matter, it means anything. It just means you have an opinion. But when they come forward with President Trump, they go, well, we don't like what he did here, here, here. I'm going, all right. Great. You don't like what he did. That's not a, a violation of the Constitution. That's a, not a violation of the law. We're not He's not breaking any federal or constitutional rules. He's just doing something you don't think is a good idea. Okay. But then they would, then the only person, like I said, the ambassador came forward. And the ambassador said, you know, they said, did you talk to President Trump directly? And he goes, yeah. He goes, what did the president say? He goes, I don't know quid pro quo. I don't want that. He said, just do the right thing. Well, shoot. Adam Schiff, who's sitting up there trying to prove that there was a quid pro quo, just had his face shot at with a shotgun and just took a bullet to the face. The Democrats shot themselves in the foot. Well, crud, we don't have that. Well, that's okay. Let's go ahead and pry around some more while he's in, while we're trying to impeach him and just try to find something he did wrong. Then they he taps in <clears throat> to his colleagues' phones. All the Republicans, he taps into them to see if there's something. He's just doing anything he can. I'm going, violation of the Fifth Amendment. Unlawful searches and seizures. You don't have the right to, to wiretap or steal information about your colleagues or American citizens just because you want to find dirt on some political opponent. But it's Washington. They have a less than a 9% approval rating at this point. They have a huge disapproval rating. And these Democrats are doing it, are showing their corruption. They want to talk about, well, Republicans aren't very good. Republicans are pretty bad. I'm going, 
Well, they're sure as heck better than you. I don't see them wiretapping other people. I don't hear them as supporting abortion. I don't hear them supporting about murdering babies in the womb. They're supporting legislation that ends abortion. They're <clears throat> asking for actual witnesses so we're not falsely accusing somebody. And they're calling you out on your on your horse bonk. So I'm looking at the Republicans going, they're far more moral than the Democrats ever uh, are at this point. They're signing along the lines where God signs along. That's their actions. You shall know them by the fruits. So I'm like, when, when I see them also then just coming across different things, and, and the big one was also like this. They came out with the abuse of power. And I remember, and I'm looking at real clear, clear politics right now. And this is really what it points out. And I'm just going to read it straight from here. Despite in length, um, despite in length, the 658-page impeachment document doesn't present much in the way of direct evidence and substance. In fact, the Democrats were so starved for evidence that they were forced to draft only two articles of impeachment, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Neither, notably, relates to the to the to either the quote-unquote quid pro quo allegation that starved as that served as the original basis for the impeachment inquiry or the bribery allegation that the Democrats concede, conceded in hopes of swaying public opinion in their favor. Instead, they're relying on subjective allegations designed to create a presupposition of wrongdoing without the need to present any evidence of any actual crime. <clears throat> Quote, unquote, abuse of power is a very grave accusation, but the impeachment report reveals that it's based on nothing more than Democrats' insistence that President Trump should never have been elected in the first place, which is really what we, and this is where I put in my opinion, of course. The Democrats were sailing us on CNN, who was bought out by the Democratic Party, and they'll deny. These are the things that they're going to all deny, but my, my opinion, what I have seen is, look, you can lie to yourselves, you can lie to people who are mostly Democrat-leaning or liberal-leaning even conservatives who are more moderate to Democrat side who agree with, oh, well, CNN's not that. You can lie to yourself all day long. But people like me, conservative, constitutional Christians, look at this and go, you're not fooling us. And we're the majority here. You're not fooling anyone. You're living your own deluded world. We can tell Democrats bought out CNN. We can tell that they didn't want Donald Trump to win. And we can tell Hillary Clinton's behind all this. And the Democrats are just insistent that they don't want President Trump. And he should have never been elected. And therefore, we had to impeach him. This is what you call a political coup. Anyways, going back to the article. According to the Democratic Party, President Trump abused his constitutional power by asking the Ukrainian um, counterpart to get dirt on his political opponent. But that is just their partisan interpretation of the phone call that took place between the two leaders. As the transcript of the conversation clearly shows, President Trump asked President, I am dying in trying to pronounce his first name, Zelensky, to do, quote-unquote, us, i.e. America, a favor by looking into potential political corruption scandals involving Joe Biden and his son, as well as examining Ukraine, Ukraine's possible role in the election interference perpetrating against, quote-unquote, our country in 2016. Requests that were considerably consistent, or completely consistent, with Donald Trump's commitment to fighting corruption both in Washington and countries that receive American taxpayer dollars. So, I totally agree with this. <clears throat> I read the five pages. I didn't see where he was trying to get dirt on there. I can see what I could. I read it and thought the first thing I thought was the Democrats are going to twist this into something it's not. And that's exactly what they did. 
And now, going back to the article, if Democrats follow in a, that approach by putting Americans, uh, putting Americans' interests first, they would realize that impeaching the president for quote-unquote abuse of power sets a dangerous precedent. If an impeachable offense to take an official act, if impeachment offense to take an official action that might ultimately boost the sitting president's re-election prospects, then presidential presidencies carry really no power whatsoever, and the opposition party hold, uh, when the opposition party holds majority. So I agree with this notion. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, allergies around nowadays. So here's the other one. Obstruction of Congress is a. It's not a great charge to have. It's just a terrible one. The the pre, the presumptuous claim that President Trump obstructed Congress is even weaker than the claim that he abused power. In their report, the impeachment crazed Democrats argue that quote President Trump did everything in his power to obstruct the House's impeachment inquiry end quote, citing the refusal to participate in his own political crucifixion as evidence. At as every member of Congress knows, the president has the right to claim executive privilege under any uh, circ certain circumstances. When disputes arise between the White House and Congress over whether a given inv um, invocation of privilege is legitimate, as often happens, the appropriate remedy is to let the courts decide. When President Trump asserted executive privilege with regard to House impeachment inquiry, the Democrats explicitly refused to challenge him in court, thereby implicitly accepting his rationale. Now, there's a reason I think that they did not attack him when they didn't take it to court. And the reason is they didn't have anything. They had so little evidence they didn't have anything whatsoever. They didn't have an argument. They didn't have anything that would work with it. They had, again, a whole lot of nothing. A bit, as Vin Jones said when they were talking when he was on, uh, when, um, what was it, <clears throat> um, goodness, my brain's skipping on this, um, he was caught on, by the Project Veritas, there we go, Project Veritas did undercover, um, reporting on him, ran into him over at wherever he was in front of CNN, and was like, hey man, how you doing, and they were talking to him, and they go, hey, what do you think about this, um, this Russian, this Russia uh, thing? And he said on the hidden camera, well, the Russian thing, oh, that's just this big nothing burger. So the news knew about it. And now the Democrats can't go to, to the Supreme Court <clears throat> with this <clears throat> issue. The reason being is because they don't have anything. They literally have nothing, no real objective evidence for an obstruction of Congress. They don't have anything that would suggest that he's doing something illegal. Now, I do appreciate that they invited Harvard professors to show up, and one of them I really appreciated. The other two, I was just kind of like, oh, my goodness. Because, oh, well, my opinion is he violated the Constitution. Okay, your opinion is that. Anyways, he said, they told him, <clears throat> they said, we are not big, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. This is what one guy said. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Donald John Trump, and I have been very critical of him. But what he should have done is like with Richard Nixon. Which is, you think he did something wrong? You go to the, the you go to the White House and you tell them, "Look, oh, Mr. President, we need this information. We believe you've done something wrong." And then the president says, "No, I'm going to uh, um, I'm going to invoke my executive privilege 
to not give this away. Then you go, that's fine. You head over to the Supreme Court and say, hey, look, guys, over to the Supreme Court or, you know, whomever is at the Supreme Court, you know, we think there's a problem here. And that's when you say, okay, that's fine. Let's go and take a look at this. And they can issue out an, a subpoena for the information. Then once the subpoena is put out, then you can go back to the White House, say you've been, the uh, Supreme Court has, uh, the judicial branch of our government has determined that you need to subpoena this information, hand it over. And if then he says, screw you, then of course, yeah, go ahead and, you know, obstruction of, of uh, obstruction of justice. <clears throat> so I see that happening. Now here, going back to the what this was talking about. With the articles of impeachment, they're seeking to bypass the judiciary branch altogether and essentially criminalize executive privilege. Under their uh, theory, any time a president challenges the legitimacy of any congressional request on any basis, a slim majority of the House of Representatives can simply declare the challenge itself as an impeachable offense. Talk about tyranny of a majority. So, President Trump according to real occurred politics, and I really appreciate them, hasn't done anything wrong. I knew this beforehand, listening to all the rec- uh, all the reports, listening, listening to Democrats talk. I knew there was a bunch of horse bunk that was going on, that there was nothing there at all. That they're basically just inventing things to get him kicked out of office. They're creating false allegations against their neighbor, all for the sake of political expediency and to get their butts into the house. I'm about to end this podcast really fast because I'm about to run out of time. So I'll go ahead and pick this up in just a minute. Stay tuned and talk to you soon.